live on FOW Radio this special Tuesday night edition. Uh, of course, this is Patrick, your host with me. Uh, Danny Danger. Danny, how are you this evening? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, my allergies are uh, kicking my butt, so I apologize in advance if the poor quality of my voice and if I have to kind of pause to sneeze or something like that, but... Uh, they're just going crazy today. I don't know why, but yeah. um, it's okay. Thank, that, thankfully, you okay. have. Well, sorry to hear about. You know, the good thing is you, your voice uh, is already sounds like you're like squishing your nose at times. Uh, oh, I sound nasally already. So, okay. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Especially when uh, something cracks you up. Um, yeah. You know, you you're, you have a pitch, which is not a bad thing, but it's. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe that helps you prepare for it. Uh, but other than your allergy season, how, how have you been? It's uh, less than a week uh, since we last uh, talked on the podcast here. Yeah, I've been doing all right. I had to, had my first uh, COVID test today. Um, I haven't been exposed, but prior to the Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment show this Sunday, they want everybody to have a you know, a negative COVID test within a week. So I had to go get that done. So that was something unusual where they kind of poke and scrape at your brain, basically, for your yeah, nose. Yeah, I, I had that I had that done once, and it was yeah. very unpleasant. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst, but it's definitely not an enjoyable experience. Yeah. No, I mean, after a few minutes, yeah, it, it you know – it it does feel normal again, but yeah, very, yeah. very unpleasant uh, to to begin with. Um, yeah. So other than that, you know, it's just just been watching wrestling, of course, and uh, trying to keep up with everything that's been going on the last several yeah. days. I mean, we've had qu- a, quite a lot of wrestling, you know, with with New Japan and of course WWE Survivor Series and our homework main event and uh, NXT yeah. and all that from you know last week and such. Yeah. Um, so okay, uh, I'm not fully cut up, but uh, we we can yeah. we can take a look at the, the nights three, four, and five of uh, okay the the best of Super Juniors and World Tag League 2020. Um, yeah. And so on night night three, we got uh, we we got this the best of Super Juniors on the slot, uh, but first. Um, and maybe just me, but I feel like I haven't seen Kojima Honda teaming up in a long time. Yeah, I the more consistently the teaming has been, you know, Togi Makabe teaming with Honda and like Kojima and Nagata teaming together. So Kojima and Honma teaming together is uh yeah, it's definitely something we haven't seen in, in quite a long time. Yeah. But you know, it's it it's making for a nice series of opening matches. Nagata with, mm-hmm. you know, with one of the young lions, either Yoda Suji or Gabriel Kidd kind of alternating and then Honma and Kojima team together. Right. So, yeah, so we got the opening match 
Kojima and Home Now versus Gabriel Kidd and Yuhi Nagata. Um, and it was funny seeing Nagata here and then uh, see him in WCW as we've been covering the last few months. It's kind of oh like, yeah, 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 very different, very different. You know, twenty plus years ago. Yeah, quite, quite a thing when you know. I, I remember back in the day looking at this guy. I was like, you know, and I think about all of the Japanese guys really who were just in the infancy at, at that time, and we're like, oh, this. Who are these guys, you know? Yeah, uh, where the heck did and, these guys come from? Yeah. Exactly. You know, you, you think about the greats that you had, Inoki, Muda, and all those guys. And then who, who are these other guys? Who the heck is a Kurosawa? What's, what what yeah. the heck is that? And, and yeah, and uh, 20 years later, um, so, some other names you'll never forget. Uh, but, yeah, so we open up with Bushi versus Yuya Uemura. I, I don't think this was going to blow anyone out of the water. It didn't do much for me. Well, and it's, you know, it's the young lion and it's Bushi. I'm not a big Bushi guy. Uh, so I I do like Uemura. I do think that he's he could be something special. Um, but, yeah, the match itself was, you know, just it was okay. It was, not, it was nothing spectacular, which you wouldn't expect it to be being the first match of the show. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um the, the the rest of the matches though were were, uh, were definitely uh, much better and again to me the highlight uh, the main event of the evening uh, with uh, Elder Sprout defeating uh, Hiromu in uh, twenty plus minutes. This is the only match that got yeah. more than twenty minutes and uh, yeah, it, it was definitely a, another good one. I mean, it wasn't just that he beat him. He forced him to submit, and he beat up his leg really bad. So now you look at what will Haruma's condition be going forward for the rest of the match because he did, you know, going forward the rest of the tournament because he did take a lot of damage to that leg. And, of course, you know, Haruma's offense is very explosive. It's very fast, so he's going to be needing his legs for that kind of power and explosiveness and just, you know, to pick up the speed that he needs to do some of these maneuvers by running. Right. So... That that becomes the big thing is of course Hiromu being one of the favorites going in. So now if he's if he's sporting this injury, you know, does that possibly derail his chances of making it into the final? Yeah. That's a good question. I mean he's a guy, you know, like I, I don't want to say injury prone, but you know, after being back from a long time from that injury he had you know have or so go yeah, for his, I can't remember. Neck. Yeah, you know, you think about that, and then you know the hiatus because of COVID. It's like, okay, you see him in sports, and when you see him, it's like, oh, the last thing you would think is like you just don't want to get hurt again. Uh, any other yeah. matches that stood out of night three for you? Um, I think we just had think, Ishi- Ishimori yeah. versus Iguchi and Show versus Doki. Your favorite? Yeah. Well, I really like Show. Doki's okay. Um, you know, I don't think Doki's bad. I think he's they present him as a killer, and I think that he he carries that role well, even though he loses a lot. Like you still see him as a possible threat. Um, but I, I really like show, and I think, you know, my so far, my two guys who I think that could make the final would be Show and Robbie Eagles. Yeah. Um, just because they're looking both really great, and Eagles has been away for a long time, but he's been training, he's been working, so you know he he hasn't been just sitting on the sidelines. Um, and show, 
I think now's the time for him to step out and prove that he could be a top guy in the junior division, you know, Mm -hmm. not only as a tag wrestler, but also as a single star. Right. Right. For sure. Um, let's see. Uh, then we go back to uh, night four. Uh, and back to the yeah, tag we, league. We back to the tag league, and uh, uh, yeah, and another uh, we another opening match uh, with yeah uh, opening match with the Lions. Gabriel yeah. Kick, Kid, and uh, Yota Suji instead. Uh, and yeah. what what matches here? Stand out to you. Um, from night, f- so we're at night four. Um, I think it's, I think this tag league is going to be a little bit difficult to predict just because yeah. you have so many teams that aren't regular teaming together, you know, mm-hmm. like they're faction members, but they're not teaming together regularly, especially since COVID you've eliminated right. a lot of those mixed tag matches that we usually have the big multi-mans. And so, you know, Folly and Chase Owens, yes, they teamed together last year in the Tag League, but they really haven't teamed much since. And you have, you know, Yano and Ishii, which seems like an odd pairing, but they're they're Chaos Brothers, you know. And then you have a couple teams that have been teaming together. You know, uh, Goto and Yoshihashi have been teaming together, Challenge to the Belts. Of course, you have Dangerous Techers, G.O.D., and... Uh, let me see. And Finjuice, of course, but they Finjuice even hasn't been teaming together as much because they were stuck, you know, with uh, with COVID break, they weren't able to compete together. So you have some teams that are that are really good, long standing teams, and then you have others that are thrown together. So it it could go either. There could be a lot of ups and downs in this World Tag League. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing that I got this one, uh, the first the, the first match of the tournament uh, of this night, uh, the Empire defeating Bullet Club, uh, less than seven minutes, and um, you know a, a lot of meat there with Ch- Chase Owens and like three very big boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that, what stood out to me. I was like, Chase, I've been like, impressed with the Empire, right? Um, you know, of course, Jeff Cobb, you know, now now kind of with a mean streak and a chip on his shoulder um, with Great O'Conn. I think they're, they're – so far they're looking really good. Yeah, for sure. Very nice. Uh, and I got to say the, yeah, the, the main event with Sonata and Shingo versus the, versus the Danger Stackers uh, was a, a fantastic match there. Yeah. Uh, the the champs taking the loss, um, continuing to build a uh, group of challengers. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, uh, every yeah. time the champions take a loss, it's it's another possible challenger they may have to face in the future. Um, yeah. But you know, I mean, the team of Shingo and Sonata, I mean, they're looking really good too. You can't count any combination of Lij just because they all work so well together, no matter which which combination they're in now Shingo and, and Sonata have not been teaming together regularly, but they, they know each other well enough that they're showing a lot of cohesive unit as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess those uh, multi-man tag matches do pay off at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess like, for, for some of these guys, yeah. It's like, what do you have so many of these? Well, here, here's why. Um, 
Yeah, uh, and but definitely I agree with you 100%. Such an unpredictable uh, tournament that we're getting here. Uh, and then night five, which is where I'm up to right now. Um, okay. Runs back to the uh, the best of uh, the Super Juniors. And in that one, uh, for me, uh, I'll say that Ishimori versus Duiki maybe uh, underwhelming. I, I had high, I thought I had higher expectations for that match than what we got. Um, okay, it, it was still good, but I don't know. It, it just quite something missed missed for me. Maybe I was just having too many spe- well, high expectations for that. Well, no. it's it's also lower on the card, you know, so yeah. you're not going to get as big a stuff with. Because Doki isn't really a top contender for that championship, so yeah. um, he's going to be lower on the card most of the time. I think throughout this tour, um, he might have one or two main events, but I mean, he—that would be my at most. Right, for sure. Uh, the yeah, but the last two matches uh, were very good. Uh, I think Hiromu's, uh versus Bushi would have been better if it had been a better opponent than Bushi. Uh, to be honest, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so, but Eagles was a show. I, I thought, to me, uh, stole that show. Yeah, it, that's been one of my favorite matches so far that we've seen. Is uh, is the show versus Robbie Eagles? As you know, Robbie Eagles is trying to set up for the Ron Miller special, so he's attacking the leg. Show's trying to set up the cross arm breaker, so he's attacking the arm. You know, um, I it was just that's the kind of stuff I love. In, uh, in wrestling is just kind of that differing game plans attacking, um, you know, and, and both guys trying to stick to those game plans and execute them well while defending the other guy's, you know, attacks. Um, and, you know, they're yeah. Chaos Brothers, so it's they're not really looking to cripple each other, but they are going to do what they, they need to in order to win. Yeah. And I was a little surprised that Eagles got the win. I thought Show would have taken the victory, but... Um, Robbie Eagles getting the win, you know, forcing Show to submit. Show saying in the backstage comments that he he said once he was locked in that submission, he said his first thoughts were to his next two matches against Taguchi and El Desperado, knowing they were also going to be attacking his legs. So it was kind of more tap out, live to fight another day, rather than risk much more serious injury when he knew that Taguchi would attack the leg because he's going to be going for the ankle lock. And then mm-hmm. El Desperado would be attacking the leg, looking to go to that stretch muffler. So it was right. kind of, he tapped out in that move, you know, as a, as a lift to fight another day, take the loss now and hopefully, you know, be able to win the next two matches, which is an interesting theory. And it's, you know, you don't get that unless you, unless you watch the, the backstage comments and hear kind of their, mm-hmm. their talking, you know, him talking about that. Yeah. And it also yeah, makes a lot more sense why he would right. tap seemingly kind of quickly in that move. You know, he's fighting, he's fighting, he can't get the ropes, can't get the ropes, and then he kind of taps out. So he taps out fairly quickly, but it once you once you get that back kind of story, it makes it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely nice to see them put some thought into it and like, you know, do do the math and think hey. Maybe this or that. Yeah, that's whatnot. part part of the tournament booking. Yeah, which is which is what they do so, which is what New Japan does so well. Um, 
and that just makes it so much more exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, man, I'm definitely enjoying. I, I'm enjoying the back and forth of the nights. I, I do like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe in the future they may do it this way. I'm, I'm sure they still want to keep them separate and make a lot more money by doing the different tours. Uh, yeah, but I kind of like how to... it's a little refreshing. Yeah, it, it is interesting, and it, it like you said, it we do get very different shows on the two nights. You know, you do get you get the best of Super Juniors, and then you get your tag league, and they're very different shows. Um, but it it makes it so far it's it's working really well. I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, so now let's come back stateside and, and talk about some things happening uh, in 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 the U.S. Uh, of course, uh, you know you alluded to AWE is coming back this Sunday. Cannot wait for the first uh, well uh, the first show back since COVID and. Uh, this is going to be the first TV tapings uh, for the, the new show on Right Now TV. Uh, really exciting. Uh, we're going to see a, a lot of, uh, you know, wrestlers that we love there, uh, as well as, you know, some debuts. And so I, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I know it's something that we've been waiting for. And... You know, at any point, I'm glad that they're back. Uh, just so make sure everybody um, tune in as soon as it's come available. Uh, do you know anything about a target date for these shows to go live on starting uh, in tw- on the right now? Starting in all I've heard is starting in 2021. So I don't know if it's the first week of of January or or what. But as far as I know of, starting in 2021 is is all I've heard. Gotcha. Uh, and the taping, are they going to do like multiple tapings on Sunday or is it going to be, they're going to be multiple tape days each month? It's, it's, there's pretty much going to be one taping day per month as of now that I know of um, because it's not going to be, sh- we're not going to be taping in an episodic format like, like a Ring of Honor or something does. We're not going to be taping necessarily in the order that the matches happen. Um, the shows, you know, we'll, we'll film all the matches and do it like a show for the fans. And then they're going to edit and piece matches to, you know, put matches together, put some promos in there and that kind of thing to make the full episode. Um, so it's not, you're not going to get like start of episode one, start of episode two. It's just going to be a continuous event for the fans is how I'm understanding it. Okay. Nice. Interesting to know that that's, uh, Definitely um, something uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing uh, come out. And I know people have been clamoring for us to be back. Uh, AWE is definitely a special place that, that we all uh, love. So can't wait. Uh, can't wait for it to be back. Now, uh, with that being said, uh, another group that's coming back here, well, in, in Atlanta is NWA. The National Wrestling Alliance is coming back at, again uh, in the form of their new show premiering uh, on December 1st, Shockwave. Um, and so with, with Shockwave, we're going to get uh, matches that have not been aired before. 
So this probably has a lot of on-air footage and matches. Uh, I, I don't think they're obviously they're not obviously not back, and I haven't heard anything unless they've been secretly taping some stuff, uh, which is not impossible. So, but yeah, we're gonna see some uh, some matches. It'll be interesting because, of course, Allison K and Marty Bell are no longer there. Um, yeah, we've had uh, new champions. Uh, yes. that, you know, so we we may see some stuff from those matches that have been that have been had elsewhere, or I don't know. Yeah, who knows what it's gonna Hopefully look so. like? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, you know, it's definitely gonna be a little bit different than NWA Power. I would assume, being that it's not a studio format show, it's just kind of matches, like you said, from elsewhere, from the past. Um, you know, where championships have been defended or uh, or matches have been had. So I, I'm kind of interested to see how, how this differs from power. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, st- I'm very excited to see. I, it was good to, good to hear that news that the NWA is coming back. Yeah, I, I, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely stoked. Uh, and I definitely want to see what it's going to be all about. Uh, but if that means it's coming back sooner than later, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, NW, I think uh, while that type of studio wrestling was never my thing, uh, apparently that's a big thing to a lot of people here in the South. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Let let that happen. Yeah, a lot of people definitely were were crazy about the powers. Yeah. Uh, now speaking of powers, oh. And you know it's funny that Eric's not here to talk about this, but the kingdom is somewhat back, at least two thirds or whatever parts of it. I don't I remember mean, the, how many members yeah, the, they had. Well, they the you know it was it was four members total at its you know, but they also had for a while Matt Hardy was part of it. Matt Hardy was the, it was so the main the main four were Adam Cole, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and then Maria. Of course, is kind of the leader of the group. Um, you know, as manager, and then Matt Hardy was part of it for a while when he was, you know, when he was still a free agent, right? But yeah, Eric is is definitely very happy that that Mike Bennett is back in ROH and will, you know, likely be teaming with Matt Taven as he came out to save Taven from a two on one beatdown where they were where uh former uh former Kingdom member Vincent was attacking him with his new partner Bateman bloodied right. Matt Taven really badly and Mike Bennett comes out to make the save as it was speculated to see where Mike Bennett was going. You know, was he going to go to TNA? Was he going to go to ring of honor? You know, where, where exactly was he looking to, to put roots in? And it seems that that joining Taven in ring of honor is, is, was his calling. Which makes me wonder what is going to happen. Uh, because of course Vinny left the kingdom, but what about yeah. uh, TK Orion? Um, I, I, I haven't paid attention to injured. it. I think he was, was he? he think he's injured and has had had to have surgery, if I remember correctly, like for his, an arm or an elbow or something. Because because they yeah the kingdom here. split apart, and then Vincent Vin getting Masalo became he just became Vincent, and he you know he's kind of going darker, more hardcore. He got Bateman with him, um, 
And but we haven't, yeah, and he's been attacking Taven, but we haven't seen much of TK. So I think TK has been injured, and then gotcha. I think he's been sitting out due to COVID. So according to the Wikipedia, because everything is real on the internet, it's true on Wikipedia. Yeah, it's um, always true on Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, Orion uh, apparently uh, is uh, away from wrestling while he's dealing with his leg injury. And okay. he had some concussions, so who knows? This uh, might mean okay. this might make it permanent. Away. Yeah, yeah. Depending well, on how the head concussions are. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to be careful with those. Yeah, and yeah, the kingdom was disbanded uh, when uh, Mercedes uh, attacked Haven. So, all right, yeah. So maybe they are reborn. Uh, kudos to Haven for keeping. Keeping you know the kingdom somewhat alive when just when you, every time you think it's gone, right? I mean, obviously everybody thought the kingdom was over once everybody for Taven were were there. Um, yeah, once everybody left Taven by himself, they thought the kingdom's done. But Taven decided the kingdom wasn't done. He was going to make his kingdom, and got you know two young guys to help to help him in his quest. They uh, they were former trios champions together. Um, so, you know, they had some success and then Vin- Vincent decided to go out on his own and, and, uh, Taven's kind of been floating around a little bit since then, you know, kind of been struggling to, to get his bearing. And now, now he's got Bennett back with him. So I, you know, maybe there's tag team gold in their future once again. Maybe. Um, so speaking of, um, what's else going on here? Uh, a few people making their debuts or returns to Impact Wrestling. Uh, first, uh, Taylor Wilde um, was announced as coming back uh, to, yeah. uh, to Impact. Apparently, this was planned pre-pandemic, so, but it was postponed to now. And also announced that Jordan Grace's partner for the Knockouts Tag Title Tournament is going to be none other than Jazz. Jazz, who, who as far as I had just heard recently, had announced an official retirement. Um, so that apparently was a, a little bit of a ruse to get her name out of, you know, to kind of create this surprise. But it was a nice surprise. You know, of course, many myself and many people would have hoped that Lou Fisto would have gotten the call and we would have seen a reformation of Team Pog with her and Jordan Grace um, and, you know, Lufisto getting some TV time. But uh, Jazz is another one who's, you know, who fought that hard fight that Lufisto has for, for women's rights and women in wrestling and uh, has been a trailblazer. So it's good that she gets, you know, uh, another opportunity on, on television to show what she can do and, um, you know, kind of get some, get some more accolades under her belt. Yeah, definitely uh, an interesting get, uh, but a good get. I'm I'm happy uh, that she does have uh, she has this uh, opportunity uh, to get back. And uh, you know, I don't know about you, but just just with uh, just the thought of Jazz and Grace joining forces have to make them. Uh, two of the favorites uh, in the tournament. 
Uh, I would definitely think so. I would definitely think that would put them as as favorites, especially because most of the teams were not out there preparing for Jazz. You know, they're preparing for Jordan and and speculating on who her her um her partner could be. But uh, definitely, definitely a good a good choice. Yeah. Um. So now we can uh, turn our eyes into the world wrestling entertainment. Um, and, uh, of course, we had Survivor Series. Best of the best. Uh, and, of course, this is uh, the new time of the new one time of the year uh, where that is SmackDown and Raw uh, go head to head. Of course, back in the day, it used to be uh, the other pay-per-view, well, Bragging Rights, and then... Bragging Rights, yeah. Uh, and then they did Clash of Champions, and then now they switched it to uh, to Survivor Series. So, yeah. Uh, this is now the one time of year where both brands go head-to-head. Uh, and that, not only special because of that, but also because this was the year that they were going to... Uh, do a farewell uh, to the death man. As of course, uh, this past uh, WrestleMania, uh, it was uh, announced that it was going to be the end of the Undertaker as we knew it. You know, he had his last ride match and or the Boneyard match, uh, and of course, yeah. he had the last ride uh, documentary series that accompanied it. Um, where he finally made the decision to call it a career. Uh, and, you know, Survivor Series was the uh, – this year was the 30th anniversary of his WWE debut. Uh, so definitely um, they wanted to make it a big moment. Albeit a short moment, uh, but a moment nonetheless. Uh, so let's first take a look uh, at the show. Uh, in in the pre-show, they had an 18-man uh, battle royal with members of both brands. Uh, with the Miz winning, Allah uh, Shawn Michaels here making think Dominic uh, making Dominic think that he had won uh, and sneaking in and eliminating him. Uh, this is why the Miz is awesome. Uh, yeah, I you know Miz getting the win for. Uh for the battle Royal. Um, and I guess everybody expected, you know, with him getting that win, especially that we might possibly see a cash in, um, you know, later in the night. Yeah. I think everybody was like, yes, this is our moment. The miss is coming. And yeah, we would, uh, we learned the fate of the miss. How much, much later on. Um, uh, so then we begin the, the show with uh, the Raw uh, versus uh, SmackDown men's uh, Survivor Series elimination match where AJ Styles, Kit Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Riddle uh, defeated Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. Uh, here... Um, of course, we already t- we kind of talked about how uh, Team SmackDown was you know couldn't get along and whatnot, and you know exactly what happened, right? Seth Rollins, uh, sac- the sacrificing lamb, uh, basically eliminating himself. 
Uh, and in the end, uh, it was five on one. And uh, Jey Uso uh, couldn't keep it together. You know, embarrassing uh, SmackDown, embarrassing Roman Reigns, embarrassing the family. Um, I think, uh, you know, he, he was going to have to do a lot uh, to go, you know, to be able to allow to be eaten from the family table. At this point, after this match, uh, the only place he'd be probably be allowed to eat from is the uh, the doggy table because uh, very big disappointment to to the tribal chief here. Well, I mean, it was a clean you know clean sweep victory by Team Raw. Not a single elimination on Team Raw. They eliminated every single member of Team SmackDown. Um, you know, in just under 20 minutes, making a very, very bold statement by Team Raw. But we had, you know, you and I had agreed when we were looking at the predictions. Eric, of course, picked Team SmackDown, but you and I picked Team Raw just because of, you know, the size of the men. You had a lot of big meat on on Team Raw, and uh, that paid off for them. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, it definitely did. And, you know... Uh, the team, you know, was there. I, the the cohesion team raw was basically. Even though I would say even team raw had their own issues, uh, but they were able to keep it together. Um, and when it was a fun match, uh, you know, definitely everybody there uh, highlighted, and uh, I, I I definitely enjoyed a very fun opening match. Uh, the next match, though, was, uh, as I predicted, the Street Profits defeated the New Day. Um, and I think they definitely, for me, um, was much better than I was expecting. I was expecting a much more comedic match because of the characters. But, okay. you know, I think that we are seeing uh, a change here uh, based on not only... The, uh, this show, but then uh, on Raw, how the the New Day maybe tried out a new attitude, and uh, I like it, one hundred percent. But it was it was a much better match than I than expected it to be. Well, I expected it to be fun, fast paced. I thought that this match would be the opener of the show, just because it would be a fast paced tag match. Um, but yeah, the New Day definitely. You know, we saw it here. At Survivor Series, with a, with a new day kind of playing, playing a little bit of dirty tactics, a little bit more like a bad guy team, and then we saw more of it on Raw. Um, just interested to see where it goes. But uh, Street Profits getting the big big win, you know. I mean, some might say that's kind of a passing of the torch moment. I don't know, um, you know, but definitely give Street Profits the big big rub, um, you know, as SmackDown stands tall in this match. Yeah, for sure. Um, then in the next match, uh, Bobby Lashley doesn't destroy, but basically dominates um, the Sami Zayn uh, in the U.S. Champion versus Intercontinental Champion uh, match. And, uh, no question, Bobby Lashley by submission uh, stands tall as uh, the best, uh, you know, second tier title holder. Uh, in 
in, in WWE. I mean, it was, it was a you know, like you said, it wasn't quite a a dominating squash match, but it was it was pretty darn close. Um, Sammy didn't get nearly as much offense off as as you would think, but uh, I guess Lashley just dominated like he like he's done in the past, and of course he had uh, the hurt business out there with him to help kind of ensure that that he would get the victory, um, and he earns it by submission. Yeah. Uh, next up uh, in the match, we were all looking forward to um, Sasha Banks, SmackDown Women's Champion, defeats Raw Women's Champion Oscar uh, in 13 minutes. Uh, not in a s- super strong way, I would say, but uh, in a in, in a good way to I think protect uh, both women and make them both look good at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, I was a little surprised to see Sasha get the win, as you know, I'm uh, definitely an Oscar diehard, but I do love Sasha as well. But I was a little surprised to see her get the win. But um, as you mentioned, it wasn't like a uh, a total dominating victory like we saw with Lashley over Sami Zayn. But um, you know, Sasha Banks definitely got the win for her for you know for Team SmackDown, and uh, Oscar now you know. Still Raw Women's Champion, but, you know, now has another loss to Sasha Banks on her belt. But this is a really great rivalry. You know, they've had a lot of – they've had several good matches, you know, over the last six months. Um, So I definitely wouldn't mind seeing them lock it up again and again and again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let them do it again and again. I expected Bailey to get get involved here, uh, but I don't know. Bailey seems to have – Taking the night off. Maybe she's already moved well, to Tampa. I, th- I th- think she was more concerned about her t- her match with her team. Um, you know, she was r- part of Team SmackDown. So I think she was more, a right. little more concerned about that match than, than what Sasha was up to. Yeah. Well, the 505 Women's Survivor Series match definitely didn't uh, disappoint. Um, I I kind of saw this happening earlier in the match uh, where, yeah. uh, of course, Team Raw, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Le- Lana, Lacey Evans, and Peyton Royce defeated Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bailey, and Natalia, the boat. Um, we got no uh, no debuts that we were hoping for, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and... So Lana being the sole survivor. Yeah. I, I well I'm still saying this. So yeah. when when uh when uh what's her name? Naya sent her to the, the steps. And yeah. you know when they did the uh, whole suplex from the from the middle rope to the outside onto everybody. Yeah. I thought then, oh my god. They're gonna make everybody lose by submission, and and Lana's gonna be the last person standing. Oh, you mean like everybody would get counted out, and Lana would win? Yes. When yeah. they did that, I was like, "Oh, that's gonna happen." And then yeah. it didn't happen, but it happened later. I'm like, "Yeah, it happened goodness. a little bit later, but not exactly that way." Yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it made for a comedy moment, but uh, 
you know, with her winning, but I guess the the showing that the diva can still do something. Because, I mean, she's essentially she's kind of the diva in the work rate era is kind of the character. Um, but, you know, I guess realistically winning for her team, being the sole survivor, kind of puts her in line for a possible title shot for the Raw Women's yeah, Championship I mean, against Oscar. Definitely bragging rights. Yeah. So one would think that she might be in line for a title or she'd be looking for that title shot, you know, for uh, for winning that match for Team Raw, which I don't think yeah. she's ready for Asuka. I'll just say that right now. Well, no one is ever ready for Asuka. Um, yes. But, yeah, uh, very interesting the way they did this uh, with Lana maybe so – Survivor. I mean, you know, everybody thinks of the Soul Survivor as like probably the best wrestler in the match or the yeah the new up and comer that they, they have big plans for. Uh, but yeah, and here the way they did it with Lana, it's uh, I see where they go with this whole whole thing uh, with, with Lana yeah. and uh, you know, of course, I mean. I, I can't imagine they would do anything to be street lighter because, you know, that's just going to give them bad PR. Uh, and, of course, the uh, the people on the interwaves will uh, soil their diapers and savings. Um, well, you, know, you don't want that to happen. No, no, not again. Yeah. Um, and in uh, your main event of the evening, the tribal chief and uh, universal champion, Roman Reigns uh, defeats WWE champion Drew McIntyre by technical submission and uh, after interference, uh, distraction from uh, Jey Uso, because I guess he wanted to get the good graces of the Tribal Chief. Uh, but yeah, the, the Tribal Chief is showing, uh, continuing to show his submission prowess. Uh, and picking up the win, uh, you know, in this uh, main event, as we all alluded to. Uh, but sadly, uh, no cashing at the end. Uh, we just moved on to the take a farewell. Uh, a little disappointed we didn't get more, uh, but yeah. I also feel like maybe they don't want to get the title of. Drew's hands right now. I mean, I think if they would have been, if they would have done this with the Miz, they would have done it to Orton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, I think that they didn't want anything. Even if if Miz came and cashed in, you know, and tried to win, whether he won or not, it's a big, it's a big news moment whenever the cash in happens. So I think they right. didn't want anything to upstage the the Undertaker ceremony. I think they wanted that to be the last thing people remember from the show and, uh, you know, worry about a cash-in at another time. Yeah. So, so we got, we, we got this, and then we went straight to the, um, to the farewell, and in here, uh, we got, a group of uh, men, uh, they were all uh, very important to The Undertaker in many ways. 
we got to see uh, some uh, previous opponents, and then we got to see uh, members of the BSK, uh, which was, you know, uh, the Undertaker's uh, group within the WWE. No, everybody knows about the Click, uh, but yeah, you know, that there was another group out there uh, that was uh, highly regarded, and it, it meant a lot to the Undertaker. But but the fact that you know once I mentioned the names, Vince McMahon probably paid for their flights and uh, and stay and they, accommodations for this. Uh, but here's here's the list of uh, people who attended the ceremony. Uh, Shane McMahon, The Big Show, JBL, Jeff Hardy, Mick Foley, uh, and then here's where we come, uh, BSK members, The Godfather, uh, The Godwins, uh, of course, uh, Henry L. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin, uh, Savio Vega uh, and Rikishi. And to round out the group, we also got Kevin Nash, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Triple H, and Kane. Uh, of course, uh, Glenn Jacobs must have forgotten that the dress code here is he's the only one uh, that came uh, all dressed up. Uh, in well, the Godwins were in, in overalls. The Godwins were also in overalls. Well, that's how they dress uh, in real life, though. I mean, yeah. They, well, it's the Godwins, not Southern Justice. So they weren't going to dress up nice and fancy like when they were Southern Justice for a couple months. But um, the Godwins and, yeah, Kane coming out in full gear like he was ready to wrestle and everybody else kind of dressed up in, you know, suits and sport coats and, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. That was a funny. I thought that was a funny moment. Kane coming out ready to wrestle, while everybody else was not in character, completely just you know. Yes, I'm here to sing, to to say farewell to my friend and and show my respect to his career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's definitely one of the funnier moments was Kane coming out. So. That we and of course uh, the master of ceremonies, uh, we got Vince McMahon himself coming out, and he introduced uh, the Undertaker. Uh, my biggest disappointment, uh, other than uh, none of the attendees of the ceremony speaking uh, about anything. Uh, yeah. What I didn't, the one thing I did not like was that Brother Love wasn't there. Of course, we yeah. know Bruce Pressure was backstage working, but you know this he was come down to the ring. Day. Yeah. 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 He he could have come and, down to the ring. And Ted DiBiase, well, I don't know what type of relationship Ted DiBiase has with WWE right now, but yeah, I mean. I would have. I would have liked to see Teddy Long, just being that during those SmackDown years when Teddy would would always make people go one on one with the, with the Undertaker, you know, mm-hmm. and that was always such a big but such a big thing is he, you know, you piss off the general manager and he puts you one on one with the Undertaker, 
mm. you know, tonight. And you're like, oh, no, I got to fight The Undertaker. You know, so I was upset Teddy Long wasn't there, but uh, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, but what did you think about the farewell here? It was a, it was a brief... A uh, brief moment for the Undertaker to just speak, say his mind. Uh, he got to basically say, "I'm gone. Uh, I, yeah. I am done. This is it. Uh, I, I, the Undertaker will now rest in peace." Yeah. Um, well, you know, we we only heard a few words. We heard a lot more on the Broken Skull sessions with the undertaker, you know, and you know, once he's inducted in the hall of fame, be it next year or a couple years from now, you know, I think we definitely get to hear a lot more from him as well. But, uh, pretty much the main thing was just putting the undertaker to rest and letting Mark Calloway step out of the shadows. Yeah. Uh, de- definitely interesting, uh, to see the undertaker, in his own words, in another way, he just finally saying goodbye. A lot of people still remember uh, when The Undertaker lost to Roman Reigns for WrestleMania and, you know, took off his jacket, took off his gloves, took off his hat, and left it on the ring and left. And yeah. some people may, may, to them, that's the true time when The Undertaker left. But you know what? The Undertaker left when he was completely ready. And maybe he was ready to leave back then. But then, you know, he had that itch, uh, you know, he, and I think as we saw in the last Ride documentary with, uh, you know, A, he loved Vince too much to tell him no when he came calling, and B, he wanted to go out his own way, and it, it just felt like, you know, with the Lester match and the race match, he physically wasn't there. When he felt great with John Cena, it was like two minutes. And, you know, yeah. of course, they, you know, let's not even talk about, you know, the terrible the things matches. that the Goldberg, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Saudi matches, the Goldberg match and the uh, end Tag of the end with... of the end of the era. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You know, he he had to find his own way, and then, you know, he chose AJ Styles first of all, and then he got to do a you know this you know gimmicky style cinematic match, which was yeah, basically yeah. everything the Undertaker uh, could do, and it was awesome. It was really fun. We still talk about how great it was, and you know he just. I, th- I think he was once he was able to just go out in his own way. He needed to be ready, and he needed to be in that place. And I believe after a while he was ready. And the documentary and everything that happened it was just all perfect timing. Uh, I, look, the Undertaker uh, gets to say when he wanted to call it because I think he earned that. That nobody should care about what anybody thinks. Uh, the Undertaker had the career he had. He gave it us everything he had and uh he is one that uh, I will I will I will miss forever. Yeah, well I mean he's you know, he's always been there. That's the thing. He's always been there in some capacity, you know, as a top guy and and uh and now he's not. 
And he, you know, it's like you said, he got to go out on his own, picking his last opponent, you know, doing what he could do and, and kind of having the gimmick match. The Undertaker was famous for so many different gimmick matches, you know, the Hell in a Cell, the Buried Alive, and, uh, you know, and then of course he's he's been in every kind of match you can think of from, you know, ladder to TLC to, uh, just about anything else, you know, Inferno matches. I mean, he's done, he's pretty much done it all. So what else was there left for him to do? But, but go ahead and say, you know, done calling it, you know, a career, um, in, in the ring and, uh, you know, just thank you for, thank you for your support. And, uh, you know, for the, the 30 plus years of the undertaker, I mean, 30 years, of the undertaker longer than that for Mark, but, um, it was, yeah, he's definitely going to be missed, but, you know, I think it's good that he's, he was able to kind of go out on kind of more his own terms rather than having to go out due to, you know, like a crippling injury or, or something of that nature. Yeah. Uh, but, man, uh, that, uh, that, that Hall of Fame speech is going to definitely be something. Uh, yeah. would not be surprised if it's, uh, if it is uh, Vince who who does it, uh, but it could be anybody, right? It could also be um, Kane. Kane. Could, it be. could be many options. Foley, um, yeah. Austin. It really could be anybody. It's just what does he want? What will he want? Yeah. Uh, what do and, they you know, do? Yeah. The funny thing is, do they do it next year if they do have a crowd? Uh, and because let's not forget, Batista was supposed to be the headliner uh, this yeah, year. That you're definitely uh, not going to have Batista over the Undertaker. No, definitely not. So if they choose to have them both next year, then you know, sorry, Batista, but uh, you're getting yeah. blocked. Yeah. Uh, or they may just opt to hold off Undertaker for, uh, for another year or two. Or yeah. Yeah. Another few years. Yeah. Give it some time, maybe. You know, yeah, make, make us miss him even more. So yeah. when we hear that bell dong, be like, yo, yes, yeah. Um, so with that, uh, now we have some to look forward though, to in, in the future as there's a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, NXT, uh, takeover war games, uh, of course. With uh, the Undisputed Era versus uh, versus the brand uh, going to war, of course the women are going to war. But before then, uh, this week I think it's this week we are getting uh, a ladder match to Amber Moon and uh, Candice LeRae. That uh, that should be very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's uh that definitely should be an exciting match. You know, Ember Moon's looked great since returning from her injury. Um, you know, she's kind of bringing a different type of uh, a little bit different character, a little bit different ring ring work as well. But um, she's looked great. We we saw you know what Candice went through in her ladder match with with Io. So um, another ladder match for Candice on such short notice. You know, she's she could take a beating. Uh, I definitely expect yeah. it to be an exciting matchup. And then, uh, not only that, but then also uh, coming up, 
Uh, next week, uh, a number one contender match to determine the new challenger uh, for uh, Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre. almost said Galloway there. Drew McIntyre's <laughs> early championship as Keith Lee, Riddle, and AJ Styles uh, will face off in a triple threat match. Uh, the winner uh, you know, getting a, a title shot here. Uh, who uh, do you favor uh, be able to get an, an opportunity here uh, at, the sh- at the title? I mean, all three, it's just uh, – it, it's an interesting one. I, I don't know if I could pick a winner. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to pick a winner because all three, you know, are, are top-level guys that could could potentially – challenge for the championship. Um, that, that, definitely definitely a hard one to pick there. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a fun one, though. Uh, of course, you got AJ Lee and Riddle, not not, not newcomers, newcomers to the main roster, but definitely not uh, new guys, you know, not rookies. They are definitely veterans and two guys who uh, let me see how they match up uh, with AJ. Uh, the questions, you know, it's like, hey, wrestle the best uh, and, and see how you how you are. And, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, you have that with AJ on Raw and then Daniel Bryan um, in on, on SmackDown. Uh, or, hey, you, you prove yourself when you go against the best. And, uh, this is gonna be a fun match. I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, yeah. Uh, of course, uh, we we did say NXT Takeover will be on December sixth. Uh, on December sixth only, they they also they are bringing back uh, WWE tribute to the troops. Uh, of course, that will be airing on Fox. And okay. for anybody that may think, why would WWE go head to head with uh, NXT Takeover? Uh, again, uh, go clean your diapers uh, if they get too soiled because they're not going head to head in conjunction with the NFL schedule on Fox. Uh, people will see uh, tribute to, uh, the troops uh, at either 3 p.m. or 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon. So this is an afternoon okay. show um, yeah. that will air on Fox. Uh, and one of those two times, depending on uh, the, the time zones and depending on what games are happening where. Uh, so check your local listings uh, to see uh, which time you'll get to see that on on Fox. But later in the evening, and next to TakeOver War Games, uh, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, definitely a fun night. Uh, well, uh this is going to be somewhat of a short one uh, because we are heading over to the main event of our evening here. Uh, as, uh, of course, we've been uh, tackling uh, the four sh- four events uh, on WCW's World War III. Uh, they happened between 1995 and 1998. Uh, and we got to the last one. We made it to... We made World it. War Three, nineteen ninety-eight, and I, I didn't think we we're gonna get here, um, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, at first, I was afraid, and I was petrified. 
but we made it. Uh, yes. The tagline, 60 men, three rings, one survivor. And, of course, this was the one uh, and only one where the World War III w was not the main event, uh, as the yeah. main event was strange, uh, yeah. the United States Championship match between uh, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, the champion, and Bret Hart. So, yeah, here we go. Uh, we open up uh, the show with uh, Glazier uh, versus The Wrath. And I remember Glacier turning heel uh, and being yeah. a bad guy uh, before was, he eventually became a coach. Uh, yeah. But I did not remember Wrath uh, being a babyface. And boy, did people hate Glacier. Yeah. Well, this was when Wrath became a babyface after he, you know, he had broken away from Vandenberg and all this and stopped wearing the mask and uh, was just Wrath. And he was building up his own unbeaten streak, um, you know, basically to eventually go head to head with Goldberg was kind of the thought, I, you know, eventually, you know, Wrath would, would dominate his opponents. He'd hit the pump handle slam. And that was kind of his version of the jackhammer that, you know, the move that nobody could kick out from um, the match went a little bit longer than I thought, given that Wrath was supposed to be dominating everybody. But, uh, you know, Glacier hung in there and fought again. Fought the best fight he fight he could, but uh, yeah, Glacier he would hit the crown kick and then he would go for like the nerve hold with his thumb, the ice pick. You know, he'd kind of stick in the trapezius. That was his finish, so that was kind of more his heel finishing move. But um, just kind of a, a weird weird to see Glacier as a heel, but you know, Wrath looking you know insane. He just looked humongous. He looked he was jacked and uh, just dominating his opponents. You know, similarly to Gold, how Goldberg had done, you know, when he first burst onto the scene, uh, it was a decent match for what it was. But you know, essentially, yet again, it was to re giving Wrath a little bit of a step up in competition, and uh, and you know, putting away somebody a uh, a little bit more with a name value in WCW than just beating your your weekly jobbers. Yeah. Um. Eventually, in the year to follow, Glacier would go on to get rid of his uh, his gimmick uh, and come back ten months later as uh, Coach Buzz Stern. Uh, yeah, but yeah, well, all right, yeah. yeah. Uh, next, that that match was fine. Um, then I, then I was thinking I, could, I, I I purposely didn't look at the order of the matches because I just wanted to kind of be surprised somewhat. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I was and, trying to do the same as well. Yeah, and yeah, I was waiting for like something fun to come, and then we got Stevie Ray versus Conan. Or yeah, uh, Stevie Ray won the match because Conan uh, would not stop. Uh, uh, you know. Beating up uh, Steve Ray and even Booker T came for the save after Vincent attacked. Uh, Conan, I mean, not Conan, after Conan kept attacking Steve Ray. Uh, yeah. And showing Stevie care more about the NWO family than his blood family. Yeah, yeah, but that was pretty much the match, big thing there. Yeah. Um, the match was, was only exciting. Picking. 
Yeah, the, the match was only exciting because of the beginning of it, and that's about it. With the, of course the uh, the mic work by Conan, and after that, I was done with it. Well, you know, yeah, it wasn't a great match. Conan's, you know, is not a top tier wrestler in WCW. You know, I think his his glory days were kind of more his lucha days in Mexico. Um, and Stevie Ray was just okay by himself. You know, he was kind of bland, just a bland generic heel. Um, so the match wasn't great. The finish was a little weird being that the baby Conan, you know, the baby face pretty much with, with NWO Wolfpack, you know, kind of gets disqualified. Um, but you know, we talked about the bigger point was Booker T comes out to help him and Stevie Ray goes NWO rather than with his own brother. So showing that, you know, especially during when when world war three was going to happen, that he was going to be, he was going to stand by NWO's side, not his brother's side. Mm Mm-hmm. Next up, uh, we get Ernest and Cut Miller and Sony Ono. Uh, yes, Sony Ono in a match uh, versus yeah. uh, Perry Saturn and Cass Hayashi. Yeah, it was a weird match with a weird setup, but basically they'd been people that Sonny Ono had kind of screwed over with Hayashi and, and Saturn and Ernest Cat Miller being Sonny Ono's newest project. Um, it was kind of a weird match. It had some weird moments. The finish was a little silly, but um, you know, Sonny Ono gets the big gets the pinfall, and uh, yeah, it was it wasn't great. I'm still in awe. I still still can't believe it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, it, it probably has been over thirty minutes into the show at this point. I I didn't even keep track, but it had been felt like okay, this show has already been too long. Um, <laughs> I, I was like, "Come on, man! Come on, really? Let's we're doing this now, okay? Let's get some uh, good stuff then, going on, yeah, yeah." But then, uh, Billy Kidman and Juventus Guerrero, we get the Cruiserweight Championship match, um, and of course, uh, the LWO uh, got involved with the, uh, you know, Juventus being and the newest member of the LWO. And he's the champ, and then Ray and Eddie come out, and it's all this controversy. Ray wants his title shot, but of course, you know they, he doesn't get it because they want Hoovintu to keep the championship. Um, Kidman and Hoovintu that my match of the night, even even when there were some botchy spots, it was still uh, a very fun match. Um, and good effort, good save by Hoovintu Guerrero when he went from. Uh, that one when he went from the one ropes for one ring to the other ropes and almost falling down, but trying to you know still let it the drop kick on his way down. Uh, that was a good save, of course. Uh, uh, you know, if Ray Phoenix had done that, he wouldn't have missed the ropes that way. Uh, nobody, oh, yeah. nobody does the worst ropes better than Ray Phoenix, in my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, and uh. Uh, it was a really fun match with a lot of moments that I could have thought this would have been it. At the end of the day, we see uh, Rey Mysterio uh, help out Billy Kidman to uh, become the uh, new uh, WCW Cruiserweight champion and then the LWO uh, because, guys, the LWO is fine, but they had a little discussion. Uh, Rey Mysterio then officially leaves uh, 
leaves the LWO, but you know he was they they were to chase him, to chase heard around World War Three. You know, this this was uh, probably could have been a worse fight uh, than the one that we saw in the NBA between the Pacers and the Pistons many many years ago. Um, later, I can remember later. I think. Yeah, I think it was later. Um, yeah, this was a really, really fun match. Both guys took a lot of big risks doing dives, going from ring to ring. Uh, but yeah, the LWO stuff was the big story, of course, going in and coming out. You know, Ray wanted the title shot, but they wanted him LWO. And you know, as long as as long as Hoovy had the belts, it didn't matter. You know, it was what was kind of Eddie Guerrero's thinking with the LWO. So Ray eventually leaves them after the match. Um, when they try to jump Billy Kidman, but uh, fun match, you know. Like I said, a lot of crazy stuff between going from ring to ring to ring, which they didn't really seem to encourage in the previous years of World War Three. They kind of wanted you to stay in the one ring that you were wrestling, but these guys definitely took that and ran with it once it was allowed, um, and it was just a lot of fun. Billy Kidman gets the win. And uh, you know, becomes the new cruiserweight champion. Next up, we were supposed to oh, we we got a Rick versus Scott Steiner brother versus brother match. Um, yeah. but you know, the end of the year tried to yeah. beat Rick Ford and they try to fight. Uh, we ended up getting a no contest here. Match couldn't get started. Um. Yeah, you know, the fact that we eventually got to see Chucky uh, on uh, Thunder still baffles me. I mean, I love Chucky, but yeah, I, I just, I just, just the thought of the fact that Judy Bagwell becoming a tag team champion, a tag team champion. Uh, was something that happened because of this makes me feel like, man, I wish this feat had never happened. Well, you know, you know, it's it was whatever came after came after, but uh, ultimately, yeah, this was supposed to be the big, a big, you know, brother versus brother match. The NWO jumps Rick beforehand, and then Goldberg came out to help. Rick, you know, later as he was getting beat down by Scott and Buff, and, uh, and it was just, it was kind of chaos. But Bill Goldberg, the champion, you know, not competing in a match, but still made his presence felt multiple times throughout the night, um, you know. And the winner of World War Three was supposed to fight him at Starcade, but, you know, Goldberg was there not competing in any kind of match. The main event being for the United States Championship rather than for the World Heavyweight. So, a little weird, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I mean, we, I guess we would eventually get this match down the road. All right, moving on. Chris Jericho with Ralphus, uh, re, you know, re, retains the television championship. Against Bobby Duncan Jr. See, I had forgotten that Chris Jericho was even WCW television champion. I had forgotten all about him in his television championship reign. 
Um, I remember Bobby Duncan. You know, I liked Bobby Duncan, and then he eventually would join, you know, the West Texas Rednecks in in that stable. But uh, mm-hmm. I like Duncan, and he looked good in this match. Jericho, of course, looked good. Uh, it was, you know, a pretty fun match, given what it was. Uh, Jericho gets the win after, you know, belt shot to the back of the head. Um, with with Ralph is helping pull the distraction. But uh, it was a pretty good match. I enjoyed it. Definitely. I, I thought uh, I, Jericho very entertaining. At this point, you know, we – we we are seeing him in NDA where he was finally hitting his strides. Uh, we had already seen, uh, you know, Jericho's feud with Malenko and uh, you know in this battle the Cruiser division. Now he moved on to to the TV champion title, and you know I just feel like you know eventually we will see Jericho. Uh, being in the league, but I think this is the Jericho that was getting ready. We, if he only had been given the chance to do more, uh, man, I, I tell you, uh, I'm not, you know, a Jericho lover for you know, and uh, but I definitely think he was definitely hitting his strides, and it sucks that still this day that they I was able to steal him away. Um, he he should get more opportunities uh, in WCW, but oh well. Uh, yeah. Then you get the sixty-man World War Three match uh, for a championship match at Starcade, uh, and here are your participants uh, in, in an alphabetical order: uh, Gentleman Chris Adams, Redacted Chris Benoit. Bobby Blaze, Cyclope, Damien, El Dandy, Barry Darso, The Disciple, Disco Inferno, Bobby Duncan Jr., Bobby Eaton, Mike Enos, Scott Hall, Hector Garza, The Giant, Blazer, Juventud Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Eddie Guerrero Jr., Hammer, Kenny Chaos, Kasayashi, Horace Hogan, Barry Horowitz here, yes. uh, Chris Iokea, Chris Jericho, who better than Canyon, Billy Kidman, Conan, Lenny Lane, Lex Luger, Liz Mark Jr., Lodi, Din Malenko, Steve McMichael, he's still employed, what? Yeah, Ernest was, Miller. Yeah. Chip Minton. Now, uh, for those who do not know who Minton was or is, uh, I don't either. Uh, but, you know, he was in the Winter Olympics, apparently. Uh, yeah. Fun, fun fact about whoever Chip Minton is or was. Uh, Ray Mysterio Jr., Scott Norton, La Parca, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, Psychosis, Scott Putsky. Wow, Scott, I forgot Scott Pusky working the reselling <laughs> for just a, yeah, for, yeah, right. for a moment. Stevie Ray, the Renegade, Scotty Riggs, Perry Saturn, Silver King, Norman Smiley, Scott Steiner, Super Colo, Johnny Swinger. I definitely did not know Johnny Swinger worked I did, WCW. I had forgotten Swinger worked WCW until I saw him. Maybe, yeah. maybe, that, maybe this was his tryout. 
Booker Maybe. T. Tokyo Magnum. Uh, yeah, not somebody I remember much about, but uh, he, he, for, he eventually would uh, Magnum would eventually team with Alex Wright and Disco Inferno as kind of their young boy in as the Dancing Fools. Really? Is that, yeah. is that why he was uh, what you call it uh, doing the dancing thing already? Maybe he was also trying out the uh, yeah, maybe so. The dancing. Um, all right, there we go. Uh, Vienna Five. Vincent, Kendall Wyndham, Wrath, and Alex Wright. Now, now, so we get all these names, and of course, uh, they changed the rules once again for this year. They said that of the still stayed with the you go out of the ring, touch the ground, you're done. Doesn't matter if you go through the ropes, over the ropes, under, you touch the ground, you're out. But this year, yes. they also said pinfall and submission counted. This year, they also said instead it goes. You keep competing until there's twenty men total between the three rings, and they all join together in one ring and battle it out. Whereas in the last, they would do individual rings. You know, five guys left in this ring, ten guys left in this ring, whatever. Here, it was just twenty total across the field, and then they would all convene into one. Uh, a little strange when they added the the pinfall or submission, and we did not see anybody eliminated by pinfall or submission. So I didn't know why they added that rule in if they weren't going to utilize it. But that's WCW. WCW is its finest, ladies and gentlemen. This would be the last World War III event. In 99, the show would be called WCW Mayhem and would not feature the three-ring battle royal. Yeah, I uh, definitely don't miss that either. Uh, yeah, uh, this is definitely a match, of course. Uh, you know, let's not forget the earlier in the evening when the NWO had basically kicked out Scott Hall for the, for the group. Um, yeah, course, yeah Scott um, Hall was kicked out earlier, yeah. Yeah, we would later find out, I think, I believe this was a ruse, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, it was eventually like um, a ruse just to get... But it was, you know, you had NWO Wolfpack, you had NWO Black, you know, Hollywood, you had the LWO, and then you had kind of the WCW non-affiliated guys. Um, yeah. So there was a lot more factions sticking together in this match. You know, when it came down to the to the final 20 and the final 10, you know, you had NWO Hollywood, you had NWO Wolfpack, and then you had WCW guys. Um, the finish came when... You know, it was down to final three, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Lex Luger. Lex Luger once again tries to use the torture rack to get somebody eliminated. Once again, gets shoved over. The same way he lost when the Giant won, when he picked up Kevin Nash to do the torture rack, and the Giant just shoved them both out of the ring. Kevin Nash does the same thing. Kevin Nash is your winner and would, you know, was then slated to fight Goldberg at Starcade for the championship, which I don't think that match happened, did it? I think Kevin Nash got hurt, and they put it off until Super Brawl, right? Yeah, I I don't remember exactly how it all... It was all weird. I don't remember how it played out, but it was, it was you know, they kept saying, you get Goldberg at Starcade, you get Goldberg at Starcade, 
but I don't remember that happening at Goldberg at Starcade. Well, um, they wrestle at Starcade uh, because okay. Robert, uh, what do you call it? Um, um, Scott Hall came with the uh, with the shocker taser. I thought that was a Super Brawl, though. I thought no. that happened at Super Brawl, not Starcade. No, that happened at Starcade because remember it was a week later in the Georgia Dome, may you rest in peace, that we got to see the greatest match in WCW history, the Poke of Doom match, where uh, okay. Hulk Hogan so defeated was... Kevin Nash uh, for yeah. the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Championship. Okay. Okay, so we were right before the finger poke of doom. Okay, yeah. Um, so that was see. I thought the match didn't happen at Starcade, but it happened at Super Raw. I was just getting myself confused. No, um, uh, no. The only the only time that the that the winner didn't get his prize was just uh, was just Scott Hall the previous year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, here uh, it, it was definitely a, an interesting match. Uh, so we're talking. Almost the end of 1998, and WCW is getting kicked in the butt by WWF because uh, you know they woke up and found their attitude. Uh, so WCW is trying to do what they can. They've now split the NWO into two, uh, you know, and you know it's 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 a is a the co-brand event, you know, WCW and WO percent. Uh, yeah, and of course you have a NWO everywhere, uh, but very interesting to see uh, just how how it came out uh, with Kevin Nash winning. Um, you know, of course the leader of the World Pack, uh, Lex Luger coming back in uh, to congratulate to help him, congratulate and, him and celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but we don't end the night there. Your main event. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page defends the United States Championship against Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah, an interesting choice here. An interesting choice to put the United States Championship match on last, but I guess this was them trying to put Brett as a main eventer, but also keep him away from the world title. Um, You know, Brett had been full on heel since coming to WCW. Um, you know, joined aligning himself at one time with the with the New World Order, and here he was on a streak where he was trying to break, he was trying to hurt people in, in their careers. You know, he tried to break Chris Benoit's arm, he tried to break, uh, he tried to break DDP's you know leg, and uh, he was just kind of on this vicious streak of of trying to prove that he was the best, and that you know no matter what he was going to beat people and he was going to hurt them and make them respect him, um. And, you know, Diamond Dallas Page and Bret Hart had traded back the WCW United States Championship. I think Bret Hart was the champion originally. DDP beat him for it a few weeks previous. And uh, now they were going, you know, DDP goes in as the champion uh, with Bret Hart challenging. The match was crazy. It was chaotic. Both guys tried to injure each other. Uh, both guys did the crypt, the the figure four around the ring post. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, eventually DP after, you know, referee bumping shenanigans that you think DDP lost without tapping out to the sharpshooter. And then the original referee comes to DDP hits the diamond cutter and gets the win. 
Um, I really enjoyed this match just because it it did seem like a real fight. It did seem like there was a lot of animosity between the guys. Uh, both guys worked well. Um, you know, telling that story and DDP, of course, hitting the diving cutter. You know, seemingly out of nowhere uh, to get the win. Yeah, that, that is, that, it was definitely uh, an interesting match, uh, a, a very enjoyable match, easy to watch. Uh, you know, Brett uh, was one of those kind of uh, talent that you really could appreciate. Uh, and, yeah, I think that here you give, you're putting, you know, Diamond Dallas Page in a, in a spot where, you know, he's going to really shine out. In 1997, you know, it was all about the match man putting him over. 98, you know, the people's champion, you know, he had those uh, fun matches in 97, 98 with Booker T, Chris Benoit, uh, and, you know, the U.S. title run, of course, the feud with Raven. Uh, Halloween Havoc, the match with Goldberg, I mean, two very popular, the two most popular wrestlers in the company going against each other. Uh, I don't know why something 100% didn't click for me. Um, and maybe it was that Goldberg's wrestling prowess was not still yet there. I mean, still not there yet, but, you know, it wasn't there yet either. Um, yeah. So here, maybe WWE was WWE. WCW was thinking, hey, let's see if we can put him against Brett and make some magic. And I think that, that worked. I think that this put uh, Diamond Dallas Page back in the, oh, yes, he's a great wrestler. He's going to make a great world champion one day. The year, following year, he did. Uh, so it was really fun. But I definitely, I I think uh, I, I really, I, well, I would prefer the World War Three win or less. The fact that this match didn't suck and it, it ended with the crowd happy was a good good way to go. It was, it was not ba- a bad choice. And of course, after the show ended with a highlight of uh, Bill Goldberg as uh, you know we would see the the main event of Starcade being Goldberg versus Kevin Nash. So what yeah. grade are we giving a Survivor Series now? Or you mean the uh, World War Three, nineteen ninety eight, not Survivor Series? Did, did I say Survivor Series? Yeah. I had Survivor Series on my mind. Uh, yes, World War Three, nineteen ninety eight. Um, there was really only a few good matches. You know, Jericho Bobby Duncan was good. The cruiserweight match was good. Uh, the main event was good. The World War Three match was entertaining for what it is, you know. Um, and uh, let's see, I probably do like a B minus, maybe even a C plus, just because it wasn't really that it wasn't really that great of a show. I don't see myself just going back and watching any of the matches from uh, from this show. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, what grade am I going to give it? Um, I'll give it a C. I- I'm, I'm good with a C. Um, okay. 
it, it wasn't all great. It had a few good matches, and uh, the World War Three match did not suck. I don't think any of them really sucked. Um, I think there is some magic, I will say, in the Royal Rumble where, hey, you get to some surprises, some a bigger deal. Here, it's kind of hard to make it a much bigger deal since you can't do independent entrances and whatnot. Uh, yeah. But uh, interesting concept that, of course, didn't make it past 1998. So uh, you were good, but not good enough. Uh, of course, two and a half years later, the company will shut down uh, to only be bought by WC, by WLE. Um, and the rest is history. Indeed. History indeed. Well, it is Thanksgiving season, so we are grateful for the fact that we got to see uh, WCW not for the last time. Um, we are grateful that the shows did not suck terribly. Uh, they all got a good B av- B minus average here. Um, uh, and yeah, it was a good run. Uh, the good news is we don't have to go through these ever again. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, and well, uh, what are we gonna do now? Uh, well, uh, for uh, for December, I was thinking uh, to go with the one show that uh, that made WCW great, and another reason to make you guys watch 1994 WCW. As we can cover Starcade, uh, and we may or may not start with uh, Starcade 1994, depending on you guys choosing an earlier, uh, earlier one, which I, I doubt. But there were some good ones. Uh, of course, the early 80 ones uh, all had Ric Flair all over it, so you'll probably avoid those like plague. Yes, yes. Eric might not, but I might, yeah. I will definitely stay away from any that have Ric Flair in a long form, you know, matchup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, due to uh, Eric's very busy schedule, we may also schedule that recording earlier uh, in the week as well. We will see what uh, what comes about it. But uh, Danny, uh, I am grateful for you and your friendship. Uh, not only uh, being a podcasting partner. Um, a commentary partner for a brief time. Uh, yes, yes, we were. Um, a re- wrestling road trip partner. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed sitting uh, next to your shows. I miss that very much. So, uh, yes. but not only that, but I think uh, uh, I love you like a brother, and I can call you a friend in real life because you know I think that our friendship has uh, grown past our wrestling, and so. I am grateful for you, your friendship. Uh, you know, you always have a special place in my heart and in my office with that picture you framed for me last year. Yes. Still gets yes. a kick out of everybody who looks at it. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I am grateful for you as well and for uh, for wrestling, of course, and for all the many things that wrestling has brought into my life. You, of course, being a big part of that, um, you know, but uh, – 2020 has been a rough year for for most people and uh you know we're not quite out of it yet but i do think that we also still have a lot to be thankful for um because things are not as bad as they could possibly be for most of us um yeah so let us try to 
remember the positive things amidst all the negative that's that's you know that the world has been throwing at us this year. And uh, absolutely, and just hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be better for it come the, come the next. It, there's so much going on. Uh, of course, you know, like you said, COVID has uh, the the biggest heel in in in, in the world right now. Uh, but yes. you know. Uh, at the end of the day, Hulk must pose, right? The good guys win, um, and we will overcome. Uh, we are thankful for everyone who listens, uh, either live or uh, on the, you know, on demand later on. We thank everybody who supports us. Uh, the rest of the cast, uh, Mick Cavillas and Eric, and everybody be- who's been here before, and whoever may join us in the future. Uh, we are grateful for this world of pro wrestling that can give us an escape uh, sometimes from the terrible things that we encounter. But we are happy uh, that we get to uh, enjoy some pro wrestling. Uh, And yeah, can't wait to see what uh, the future will bring. Uh, But, you know, guys, be good to each other. Be merry as the happiest time of the year just let's focus on the happiness of life uh and let's be grateful uh because not every day is promised to us thank you for listening make sure uh also to hit the subscribe button uh to listen in the future in the in the you know shows in the past as well as the future uh we're available on itunes TuneIn, stitcher podbean on amazon music follow us on twitter Danny's on Twitter at Danny F. In Danger. Uh, Mika's on Twitter at Mika Villas. Uh, Eric's on Twitter at EJ423X. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.